Hey guys, it's Brianna, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Christina. Hi, everyone. And you are listening to Oh Brother, your favorite Big Brother podcast. Listen as we discuss all of the alliances, backdoors, and twists you love to watch. All right. Well, we've got a lot to cover today, Christina. We've got Sunday's episode, Wednesday's episode, and last night's episode, which was the eviction episode. Plus, I want to get into some of the stuff that I've seen on feeds leading up to the eviction. But before we get into that, I have a very important announcement to make, which is that a couple of you guys were a little upset with me in last week's episode because I forgot what the meow meow meant. So um, (laughs) instead of explaining it, I have since done some research and reminded myself um, all about the meow meow. And I sent Christina the link to the video as well. But instead of explaining it myself, I will let Enzo do the explanation because no one can explain it better than Mr. Storyteller himself. The story is this. You know, in New Jersey where I'm from, mm-hmm. last call is like, you know, quarter to three. Three o'clock is like when you got to get out of the bars. So, you know, I, I was like 20, maybe 24, 25. You know, I had um, a couple of friends in my car. So you drive around to look for, you know, drunk bitches. You know, so you take somebody home and do what you got to do. <laughs> so we, we pull up to a bar. We go in. I think me and like two of my friends or three of my friends, we go into a bar. It's like 2.30 in the morning. We go in, you know, we we get a beer, we sit down, grab a beer, and, you know, you look around and see, like, what train wrecks or just sloppy bitches are in the bar. <laughs> so you, so we found two two train wrecks. So, you know, we talk to them, hey, you want to come in my car? I got a BMW, I got a BMW, So they come in the car, one sits in the back and one sits in the front, and, my, and I'm driving. Now, before I put the radio on, the girl that sits in, in my shotgun, like she was, she was disgusting, but whatever. It was two thirty in the morning. Before I turned the radio on, she farts in my car. Like, yo, this is the first time I met this girl. First time. Like, and it wasn't like a silent but deadly. Like, she ripped it. She ripped ass. Like, she might have pissed a little bit. Like, that's how. Like, I thought she. This is the first time I met this girl. But the thing is, she tries to blame me. Like, I did it. You know, like, eh, hey, like, what are you doing? Like. Like, what are you talking? It's my fucking car with my friends in the back. Well, I'll shit in this car. You know what I mean? Like, this is my car. And then at that point, she turns to me. She's like, whatever, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> so we, me and my friends are like, what? We're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you doing? You fought my car and they say, meow, meow. You know what I mean? So I, like, I have to keep this. I was like, yo. But it, initially, I didn't get called a meow, meow. It was just, just doing the meow, meow. It was just like like me and my friends would hang out like whatever, meow, 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 you know. But eventually, you're just like you know what? I'm the fucking meow, meow. That's it. So now you have the origin of the meow, meow. Just thought I had to put that in here since we talked about it in last week's episode, and a couple of you guys were a little annoyed at me that I couldn't remember what it was. But anyways, I think we can jump right into it, starting with Sunday's episode. The first thing we had was. The safety suite. They have to do this DJ competition, which, Christina, what did you think about this competition itself? I think I would suck at it. It seemed really hard. Well, I didn't know if, like, 
when they hit the button, I was watching and I was very confused at first because I thought that like they could hit each button more than one time to listen to it. Right. And then just at the end be like, all right, I want to lock this answer in and do it. But they only had one chance to listen to it. Yeah, which is crazy. So I was like, oh, okay. But no, I mean, I think once you get the hang of it, it's kind of like, okay, like now I know where each button is. But right. I don't know. What I, I probably would have sucked at it. Yeah. Personally, I thought it seemed really, really difficult. And um, feeds were down for a while during the safety suite comp. So it led me to believe that they took a lot longer than they did. But I think both um, Kaser and Janelle had times that were shorter than I expected them to be. I thought Kaser's was going to be much, much longer than it. Not because of who he is, but like it just didn't seem like he got it right off the bat. And I didn't know Janelle's was going to be that long either. Yeah. Yeah, the way they edited it. It's crazy. But you know them. They like to edit it so you don't know. And Exactly. Also... Janelle and Kaser know how to make good TV because I knew they both went into the safety suite, obviously, prior to watching the episode because I had already seen it on feeds. Well, I had seen post safety suite feeds where they were talking about it. Yeah. But they literally waited until there were seconds left on that timer. Kaser was downstairs. There was 30 seconds left and he just like jumped up and went upstairs. And then Janelle, 10 seconds left, swiped her card. I was like, these people know what they're doing. They know how to make some good-ass TV. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I thought it was a bit weird that they both played, though. Like, I don't understand why if Janelle saw Kaser going in, and she knows he's probably going to use his plus one on her, I don't understand why she wouldn't have saved her VIP pass, but maybe if he was the only one competing, then he would have, I don't know, would he have been going against the clock instead? And then maybe if they both compete, they know at least one of them's going to get it. I don't know. I was kind of confused by that because you'd think she'd want to save it. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, exactly. Like if one of them did. Right. But then once you think about it, say, oh yeah, that's true actually. Because I think, I think they probably did it that way and they didn't really explain it well in the episode. But my guess is that had Kaser gone in by himself, they're not just going to hand him the safety for the week. So maybe he would have had to like beat a certain time. And then if he didn't beat it, then neither of them would have gotten safety. That's what I thought. Even no matter how many people went in, I wasn't sure. Like once they mentioned that there was a time, like they had to right. do it in the quickest time. I was thinking maybe there's like a max time limit. Right. Like that nobody could win. Did, exactly. Like how they did that. So I'm like, oh, maybe it'd be a waste of his safety suite thing. Like VIP card. So that's what I was thinking as well. I was just very confused if, that was a possibility or not right exactly but maybe they just didn't understand it fully yeah I don't know I wasn't sure if it I feel like they probably did because I think that they could have asked like if they could have asked production or like the people in the diary room yeah to give them more specifics but I thought it was weird they didn't exactly explain it in the episode yeah it just seemed like an odd choice yeah, because I was thinking, like you said, like, say only one of them used it and chose the other person. I didn't know if they could pick anybody in the house to use their plus one on or it had to mm-hmm. be someone who also did the safety suite. I oh, wasn't right. sure how that worked either. I think it could have been anybody. Obviously, we know Kaser picks Janelle, shocker, to be his plus one. And then she gets her star unitard punishment. Underneath, she is wearing a gold, like, skin tight. It's like... um like a bodysuit with a skirt and it has stars all over it. And when I saw that, I was like, how in the world 
Is Janelle making this look so good? If I walked out wearing that, I would look like I'm going to my middle school figure skating recital. And yet Janelle looked great in it. Yeah, right? Like I see these outfits and I'm like, if I wore that, I would be, I would get so many looks like, what are you doing? And these people would just like pull it off. Yeah, she pulled it off so well. Except on feeds, I don't know if you saw this at all, but she was barely wearing the star. Like she was walking around with the unitard portion on, like the gold bodysuit thing, but she rarely had the star on or the hat. So I feel like maybe because it's all stars, they're just a little bit more lax with the punishments. I'm not exactly sure, but she wasn't really wearing it all that much. I don't know. I'm not sure really what they were kind of gonna plan to do with that. I don't know if it's because of all this COVID stuff, they're kind of being more lax with certain things or if yeah, I don't know. they just didn't, you know, like they don't know. I'm curious if it will be the same punishment every time for the plus one or if it's going to be different. I don't know. I also thought that Cody was being a little bit condescending in a way because when he found out that Kaser and Janelle went in to compete, he got a little bit annoyed because he was like, well, now I know I can't trust them, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be like, Cody, you're not allowed to be loud. You're not. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to be mad because you were literally going to nominate them. What did you expect them to do? Just sit around and take it? Yeah. And they both even tried to talk to him being like, hey, just let me know like what's going on. And he she goes, well, this isn't very assuring right. to his face. Mm-hmm. Janelle said that. And he was still like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Like, sorry, you don't know how to lie or talk your way out of situations, but you can't then be mad at them for getting safety when you were literally going to nominate them. It'd be a different story. Right. It'd be a different story if he talked to them, they didn't feel good, they played, and he wasn't even planning to nominate them. Then maybe he could be a little bit upset. Yeah, but he didn't really reassure him. But yeah, he was like, oh, now I know they don't trust me. Well, they had no reason to trust you. You were literally going to nominate them, Cody. Exactly. He kind of said to their face, like, hey, like, no promises. That's kind of like the gist I got from that conversation. And it was kind of like, hey, like, do what you want to do. Like, if you feel comfortable, like, yeah, like, I'm not going to stop you with whatever you do. Exactly. And they were like, all right. (laughs) And even on feeds, they didn't show it as much in the episode, but... People talk. And so, of course, when Janelle and Kesa are talking to other people, they're saying, oh, yeah, Cody told me for sure he's not going to nominate me. They were like, well, that's not the conversation that we had with him. Like, don't, Exactly. He can't give people assurances because once they start talking, they're going to figure out who didn't get those same assurances, which is exactly what they did. And that's how they realized, OK, we got to compete in this safety suite and secure our safety for the week. Yeah. From the first few episodes, I can already tell that Cody's kind of I don't want to say spreading himself too thin but he's already like saying to like I get it if he said it to like Memphis and Nicole who are his closer alliances in the house I think he made a big mistake saying to more than just them I'm not going to nominate you I'm not going to nominate you because he knows people talk he knows people are going to say stuff he knows that they're not he's not their number one and vice versa so I think he kind of is starting to screw himself already mm-hmm. because Kaser and Janelle have already kind of, they've kind of like figured out his trick and now they're like, all right, like we're already not on your side and it's already starting to form a divide in the house. Mm-hmm. They were on to him right away too. Like oh, yeah. he was just, he just didn't do a good job of protecting 
the information that he was giving out to people. He was just kind of assuming that I guess nobody was going to talk or that what he was saying was reassuring enough to them, but obviously it didn't work out the way he wanted it. I think he didn't think it through enough and he was kind of just worried about, oh, I can't let them to know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when you talk to a group of friends, you're like, don't tell this person, but blah, 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 blah. Obviously yeah. someone's going to talk. Oh yeah. yeah. People so are going to talk for sure. There's so many people in the house. Like they're bound to find out, find out or put two and two together. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, of course, that leaves Cody to nominate Keisha and Kevin. And honestly, the thing I was most concerned about during the nomination ceremony was that there was no fucking key wheel. <laughs> like, okay, Keisha and Kevin oh, are up. Man. I don't even care. I'm just pissed they didn't bring the key wheel back. I think they honestly, like, I think next season they should. But I think right now they're doing so many procedures with covid and with trying to make this season entertaining that they are just like overlooking the simple little things you know i think they're worrying about the twists and all yeah that. i guess that's fair but i still want the key wheel back <laughs> oh i get you I what did you think about him nominating keisha and kevin i'm not shocked that he nominated keisha um i think he kind of knew that well, Keisha even said she didn't have a relationship with Cody. She didn't really talk to him. So I'm not surprised that he nominated her because I think he also knew that she was kind of friends with Kaser and Janelle. Um, Kevin, I was kind of not that shocked either because he's kind of an outsider. Not in terms of like he's not social and doesn't have any friends. It's just everybody was kind of making alliances. And I think he noticed that Kevin wasn't as close to a lot of people as others were. Yeah. I was either expecting it to be Kevin or David, but I don't think Cody looks at David as a threat. Right. Exactly. And I think Kevin also put himself out there by competing in that first HOH in the first place. So I think maybe he thought, you know, he's more of a threat. I'll put him up. I understand Cody's logic that he like kind of doesn't want to rock the boat too early, But at the same time, it felt like CBS handed him the nominations on a silver platter. There's two winners in the house. That is the easiest reasoning to put them up. I understand that he's kind of in this little final two situation with Nicole F. But they've, they've literally handed it to him. Like, put up the two winners. And then people argue, well, okay, what if those winners wins power of veto? Well, then you put up the one girl who already got 5K a.k.a. Jingle Jangle Little Miss Christmas, throw her ass up on the block. She already has $5,000. That can be your reasoning for that. And then you get very little blood on your hands. Yeah, when you're looking at it on paper, it's very easy to be like, okay, put those two people up, then put 5K winner up. But Mm -hmm. I think since it was Cody and since he has those connections to Nicole F. and certain people, he kind of was like, okay, I'm definitely not putting Nicole F. Then he got word from Enzo about Ian and all this stuff. And I, I know that was after, but I think he just thinks these people aren't a threat to me right now. I don't need to put them up. Whereas I think he saw Kevin as a little bit of a threat because he didn't have a good relationship with Kevin. He didn't have a good relationship with Keisha. And he knows that they're not technically on his side. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she's fr- Keisha's friends with Kaser and Janelle. And he knows that they're not on his side after doing the safety suite and all this and So I think he's kind of like, okay, I got to diminish their side while I'm here. And Kevin 
not rocking the boat. So I think Cody is thinking more in the long run. Yeah, Whereas Nicole fair. F, I know he knows. Or Someone's going to try to take her out. Yeah. She's more of a target than he is at this point because she has already won. And he knows that she's going to take him along as well as he would her for the That's long true. run. I do think, though, however, like eventually somebody's going to use that excuse. Oh, definitely. I think if it was anyone else but Cody, most of those people in that house would have used that excuse. Yeah, for sure. I honestly think that they would have done that. So say Kevin was up there, I think he easily would have done that. Or Keisha or Janelle or Kaser. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. any of them would have used that as an excuse to put them up. Personally, I think it is is smart to keep at least one winner around because – if it were me, I'd want to sit next to a winner at the end because the likelihood that the house guests are going to vote for a winner to win twice is very low. Um, well, that's what Ian and Nicole were mentioning. Yeah. So I think in their talk. Yeah. So I think personally, I would probably try to bring maybe Ian along for the ride. But if you're looking for easy noms in the beginning, it just makes sense to put the two of them up. I would personally rather sit next to Nicole just because Ian seems like such a sweetheart. And not that Nicole doesn't. It's just I think that Ian is very, very well-liked. He's, a, yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's very kind to everybody. They don't look at him as much of a threat. Yes, because he won, he is a threat. But I think maybe in a lot of the comps and in a lot of things, they don't see him as a direct threat. You know what I mean? That's very true. So I think I would probably rather sit next to Nicole because it's easier for people to say no to her than to Ian. Mm-hmm, that's fair. I think that's she has more opinion. enemies. I think she definitely has more yes. enemies than Ian does at this Very point. Very more straightforward than Ian. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Wednesday's episode, which is the Power of Veto episode. And we open yes. it up with Kevin and Keisha both separately having conversations with Cody. Mm-hmm. And in Kevin's uh, talk with Cody, they have like a little bit of a heart to heart. And he pitches a down lowmance which i thought was hilarious and they didn't show it in the episode but i watched that conversation on feeds and cody was laughing to himself for a good minute after kevin left about the term down lowmance like he thought it was so hilarious yeah like i i feel like kevin was just very desperate at the time which i don't blame him he's on the block he doesn't you know he's trying to make alliances or friends but cody at this point like i've said has made so many alliances Oh my that, God. It's, that it's like almost kind of ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it's comical at this point how many alliances this boy has. It's not that he's just making friends with people. It's that he's like promising things almost. Yes, he's promising Without saying I'm promising, he's, he's diving way too deep into each alliance way too fast. Mm-hmm, I agree. And we'll see if that either blows up in his face or turns out like Tyler where he showed up at the end. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of interesting to think about this conversation he's having with Kevin following the nominations, because in the prior episode, he had a very, very sad conversation with Kevin in the storage room where Kevin was kind of like pouring his heart out to Cody, crying a little bit. And at this point, Cody had already made up his mind that he was going to nominate Kevin. So it made the conversation that much more awkward. And then when they talked afterwards, Cody was like, hey, I know we talked in the storage room and I don't want you to feel like I'm like shunning you. I think we're a lot more alike than you think we are, whatever. And I felt like that was genuine, but at the same time, it felt a little desperate on Kevin's part. Yeah, I think it could have come off as desperate. I don't think Kevin meant it to be desperate. I think he just, like I said, I think he feels a little 
like an outsider because he didn't make many alliances. He did make friends, but he's not actively seeking out alliances in a way that Cody is. Like when Cody reaches out for an alliance, not a lot of people say no to him. So I, I just, not a lot of people say no to Cody. Right. For any reason in particular, it's just, he's very good in the game. And I think a lot of people would like to work with him. Whereas Kevin, he didn't work with as many people and not as many people know of Kevin's game as they do Cody's. So I think no one's really sticking their neck out to be in an alliance with Kevin right away without knowing. So I think Kevin kind of feels like, oh, maybe I didn't socialize enough or make an alliance soon enough. Maybe I'm kind of missing the time to do that. And I think he's kind of scrambling at this point. And then Cody has the most awkward conversation with Keisha ever. Like this just outlined the fact that Cody, Cody, first of all, doesn't know how to A, lie and B, just have an honest conversation. Like he's very much a mumbler. He scrambles a lot. He repeats himself. Like he just sounded like a bumbling idiot. That's the best way to describe it. It just makes him seem like he doesn't know what to do and that he's yeah. been caught. But the way they edited this conversation was like they were trying to make it as if Keisha was like, I don't All know. All up on his stuff. Yeah, like it was like almost like sexy music and she mentioned how the room smelled good. But yeah, the look I thought on that her was face, very strange and I was like, I don't think she means it like that. Yeah, no, the look on her face was of pure like annoyance. I didn't get yeah. the vibe at all that she was like, ooh, Cody's hot. Let me schmooze him. It was just yeah. a weirdly edited scene, especially because again, I went back and watched it on feeds and it did not come off that way at all. So it was just strange. Can you go back? Yes, you can. Yep. Oh There's a God, flashback option. I don't even know that. Are they like highlights or do you just like try to um, find There's it? a highlight tab. They don't really update it all that much, but there's a, for anybody who does have feeds, there's a um, Twitter account. I'll do a little shout out called Cleo's Clock, spelled C-L-I-O, Cleo's Clock. And they quote retweet all of the like BB updates accounts um, with the timestamps of when the stuff happens. So it's really useful. You can just find the timestamp. If you want, there's a certain conversation you want to rewatch, you can go back and watch it later. Um, but speaking of interesting conversations, Kaser and Devon had a conversation in this episode about race and Kaser got a little bit emotional because on his season, he was kind of seen as an outsider. So I think he has like a little bit of experience and he can relate a lot to the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now. Um, And I just think this is a very major step for CBS. I mean, from season 15 to now, it's like a 180. Yeah. I think CBS is just doing a lot of different things. Even Even from last season to now, it's definitely a big, a big switch in perspective. And I think it's something that's definitely important to, to show on the show. Yeah. I like that they show it. I think that they should show more stuff like that. Not that like the episode should be filled with it, but like. Yeah, the little tidbits here and there. Yeah. Something that I thought was very funny, and I'm glad that this person is self-aware, was Tyler, or should we call him Taylor, <laughs> Taylor's oh millions of deals goodness. and final twos. And he's yeah. sitting there going, I got a 
file two with this person. I got a deal with this person. He's like, two for one deals. I was dying laughing. When I first got here, I did not want to be like jumping into a million different alliances because on Big Brother 20, I was in pretty good with everybody and it came back to bite me in the end. I'm trying to find my people. But this is Big Brother. I think we gotta look out for each other. Yeah, oh, definitely. I got you 100%. Like, when people come up to you with a deal, you don't say no. I want to talk to you at some point. I was hoping you'd be open, but I think we can kill it. Deals, 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 deals. Here we go. I think we can do something really incredible. We can make it work. I know, man. We really can. Offering them up. Two for one deals. I'm in. We should connect like at least every few days or something yeah. like that. We got half off, we got buy one, get one. Everybody get your deals. Take Tyler to the final two now. We got it. You ready to ride this out? Let's do it. Let's do it. Me you. Could be into that. I guess I have a deal with pretty much everybody. We have to work up. together. We have no choice. I know. I know down the road, it's definitely gonna come back to get me to complete opposite of what I wanted to do. It was so funny because he wasn't approaching these people. They no. were approaching him and he's like, okay, okay. And it's Big Brother. You can't say no to someone. Like, you yeah, can't say no. To me, you, you, you can't go. I don't want to work with you. Right. <laughs> so when yeah. I was watching feeds, I was like, this dude is doing exactly the opposite of what he said he was going to do. But then in the DR, we got his perspective and he was basically just like listen this is not the game i planned to play but this is happening so i'm just rolling with it and you know what you got to give taylor some respect for that i have to i have to agree with him to be honest like like you mm -hmm. said you can't say no if someone comes up to you and like starts talking game and it's like like because then that does it can very possibly make you a target to them and right I think exactly it's smart of him to go along with it because i don't think a lot of those people will be Tyler's number one or vice versa. He won't be their number one. I think they're just saying, hey, like, let's work together at some point in this game. Like, Yeah, as long as he doesn't blah, blah, blah. say the words final two or solidify anything too solidly, I think he'll be okay. As long as he keeps them as more just like subtle like, allies like, rather than yeah. solidifying something too strongly. I think strongly. that's what these things are, except for like certain individuals. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that they're at least right now more of just like subtle alliances, subtle yeah. people he's working with. And then one more thing before we get to the picking of the POV players, Ian opened up as well about being on the spectrum. So Ian, Ian has autism, and this is the first time I think that he's publicly said anything about it. He was a little bit hesitant to, and there was a longer conversation that happened on the feeds about it, but I thought that was really awesome that they included it in the episode. And it's funny that they did include it because after people saw on feeds that he was talking about how the hammock was really squeaky mm -hmm. and that people were getting annoyed by it, someone started a petition to get Ian a rocking chair. And I just thought it was very sweet. I saw that and I thought it was so sweet. I mean, I feel like they should. Oh, definitely. It can't hurt. Like, it's not going to like hurt anyone's game to give Ian a rocking chair. I don't think they'll just bring in one rocking chair and go, here you go. I Probably think they'll be like put a bunch because they haven't been, other than the comps, they haven't really been outside right i mean i haven't watched the feed yet they've only had a couple um a couple days outside but it's been very limited so he's definitely not getting his hammock time as much as he probably would like to i think they'll definitely put some furniture out there whether it be rocking chairs or hammocks or, or something i would hope so i just thought it was really cool that ian opened up about that but there was kind of like 
an unfortunate side to it too, I guess. On the feeds at some point, he was talking when he was on with Mike Boogie, I guess Boogie like yelled at him at one point because like Ian, part of being autistic oftentimes is not understanding social cues and being like a little bit socially awkward. And I guess there was an instance where he said that Mike would get annoyed with him a lot because of like not understanding social cues, but there was a specific instance where Mike yelled at him because after a power of veto competition that Ian hadn't participated in, he came inside and took a shower first, even though there were people who had competed that I think were like kind of gross, like it might've been a gross competition that wanted to shower. But he didn't really pick up on that social cue. Like he didn't realize why that was kind of rude of him to do that. And whether Mike knew or not that Ian was on the spectrum, I think it was just like an eye-opening thing that people wouldn't realize that that's something that comes along with that type of special needs or that type of disability. So kind of unfortunate, but interesting to hear. Yeah, I think it's awesome that Ian was opening up about it. Um, especially like that he got to talk about it on his own, mm-hmm. not just have someone kind of talk about it for him or say it when he didn't want to. He said it on his own time and his own circumstance. Right. And I think it was very brave of him to do so. Definitely. So then we get to the picking of the power veto players. And of course we know Cody, Kevin, and Keisha all automatically play because they are the HOH and the nominees. And then we have... Um, three players by random draw. We've got Tyler, we've got Ian, and then Kevin gets house guest choice and chooses Enzo. What did you think about I that? I thought that was I thought that was so ironic, I want to say, how they edited, they kept in that Kevin went up to Enzo and goes, mm-hmm. "Will you tonight be the house guest blah, 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 blah. and he was like, uh, "Sure." And he just so happened to get house guest choice. <laughs> yeah, it was really awkward though. It's like Kevin Hanging out outside the bathroom at 7 a.m. when people are coming to pee and going back to bed. Maybe not the best place or the best idea. At least he was self-aware about it. He was like, I I feel like an idiot trying to make alliances in the bathroom, but I have no other choice at this point. But it was just such an awkward conversation. I think he knew that. Very awkward. Yeah, I think he knew that whoever he picked, they probably weren't going to use the veto on him regardless, but... It, I don't know. Enzo was a surprise to me. I think. I'm shocked that I didn't pick like Davon or something right. like that. I think he also Enzo, probably like, didn't want to lay his cards out though too early. Yeah, but like at that point he was scrambling. He had no choice. Mm-hmm. To, like you said, he was making alliances in the bathroom. And I just, I don't get why he wouldn't have just picked Davon or someone who we had more of a friendship with, you know? Didn't seem like he was very close to Enzo. Yeah, I guess if I were him, I think I kind of get it because – if you're thinking a little bit more long-term, you're like, okay, if I choose Devon, people are going to know that we have like a little bit of something going on. But if I choose Enzo, he's just like the fun guy that everybody likes. So maybe yeah. people won't think anything of it. But like you said, he was kind of in a tough spot. So realistically, whoever he picked, like it kind of didn't matter. I don't know. So they do the BB Peloton competition, which looked really difficult but the only thing I could not get out of my brain was Enzo riding that banana. I, oh, God. It's my first time straddling a giant banana. I guess it's fun in a weird way. I know you guys are going to put, like, music behind it and put in slow motion. 
I doing? It is burned into my brain. Uh, so awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> and the fact that he was like, so when he was in his DR, he was like, I knew you got, I know you guys are going to edit it over with sexy music. I wanted to be like Enzo. He wouldn't have done it unless he said yeah, it. You're the only, the only reason they did it is because you brought it up. He clearly just wanted them to edit it that way. That's why he said it. Yeah. I was like Enzo. Mr. I'm newly divorced. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I will say he had great form. He was going for it, but um, it was very awkward to watch. Obviously, we know Enzo wins the veto, which is really unfortunate for Kevin because he literally could have won. I, I was sitting there looking at him, and I'm like, just lock it in. Lock it in. There's only mm-hmm. 30 seconds left, and I don't think Keisha is going to stack all that stuff that quickly because you have to be so careful about it. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, he's not going to lock it in. And then he ran out of time, and I went, oh, no. Yeah, I felt so bad, but at the same time, like, you did it to yourself, man. Although I will, I will say, like, I think – us watching it, we're like, okay, Keisha only has 14 of them. You have one more than Enzo. Just lock it in, lock it in. But yeah, at the but same time, yeah, just, it's hard to, like, scrambling. we know Keisha has 14, but just by look at it, looking at it, you don't know how many she has. So I get why he wanted to keep going, but he really screwed himself. Yeah, I think so too. But it is difficult to tell when you're in that situation, kind of on a timer, trying to rush, but also go easy with stacking this stuff and you're not really focused on counting other people's stuff and it's just it's a lot to take in at once you know yeah for sure um so obviously we know enzo wins the veto and does not use it on kevin despite his pleas to both cody and enzo um i think he knew it wasn't gonna get used on him but he was gonna do whatever he could to make an attempt at it and you got to give him credit for that i mean you got to ask the least you can do is ask they also gave us a little snippet in this episode of the Bailey and Devon alliance that has formed. And I honestly love it. I know you're not a big Bailey fan, but I've actually been enjoying her a lot so far this season. I don't know if that will change, but so far I'm loving them as a duo. I think for me, like I haven't really had any issues with the season so far. It's just, I think that she hasn't been shown a lot of camera time so far. And I think she hasn't been involved in any drama. Not that there has been a lot of drama, but like she hasn't been involved in anything really besides that. She's been kind of laying low. And I think it's because she might be intimidated by mm-hmm. a lot of these other players. We'll see how, uh, how she keeps the drama to a minimum going forward. Yeah, I but... mean, I, I think it might be kept to a minimum this season because of all the all-stars that are on here. She might be more intimidated and these people don't take crap. Mm-hmm. But um, I think... I do enjoy the um, Davon-Bailey alliance. I think Davon could be a really good big sister figure to Bailey. Yeah, for and sure. I think maybe she'll open her eyes a little bit, and I'm hoping that happens. Yeah, definitely. I think Davon, she has shown that she has grown and has improved as a person, and I think she's a very good influence on anybody. Speaking of Bailey, moving on to Thursday night's eviction nice. episode, um, she has a conversation with Tyler. And there was more to it on feeds than they showed in the episode, but the two of them kind of just made nice. They, um, Tyler apologized for what he did. They show, like I said, they showed more of it on feeds. He was very, very apologetic to Bailey. I think he felt really bad. At the same time, it's all game too. So you don't really know what's true, but it seems like for now, the two of them are going to play nice. Yeah, I think, I'm assuming they've talked after their season and they've had apologies here and there, but I think opening it back up to where they're both 
now on a season again, I think he kind of wanted to readdress it and just say, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, like, I am sorry. Oh, yeah. Like I, that's not going to happen again on this season, even though they're both in the house. And I right. think it was very big of him to go and apologize to her. Yeah, for sure. I know. Like they said that they had talked about it like over text, but they hadn't had the mm-hmm. opportunity to meet in person to talk about it. So this kind of like forced them almost to have that face-to-face conversation. I think they needed to. I think Tyler oh, yeah. like, needed to do to clear his conscience. So then of course we get to the unanimous vote to evict Keisha, I was not surprised. Kevin's reaction, he was surprised. Oh my God, he looked like, the entire time he looked like he was going to shit himself. But I feel like they knew. I was under the impression that they both knew. knew. I think Keisha knew, and I think Kevin knew that Keisha was going, but I don't think he realized it was going to be a unanimous vote. Oh, right, yeah. I think think, um, even Keisha was surprised by that. I think he would have thought, oh, or she would, or someone would have thought Kaser and Janelle, but Mm -hmm. I think Keisha kind of knew that it was going to be something like that. She did throw some shade in her plea to stay, like when she gave her little speech, and then Julie asked her about it. Wasn't it Cody and was it Enzo? Enzo? Yeah. Yeah. She was basically Uh, bitter that nobody let her know. Well, she said some people let her know that she was going to be leaving, but- the two that said they would didn't, and it was Enzo and Cody. I think that's why she's not surprised. Yeah. People already told her she was leaving, and they were already ignoring her at mm-hmm. that point, if that's what they were doing. But um, I think she just wasn't surprised at all. And I don't think she blamed Janelle and Kaser for not yeah. voting for her, because they don't want to make enemies in the first – well, more enemies in the first episode already, first season – as you say. At the same time, I did feel bad. Like, that is kind of shitty. But yeah, personally, I was rooting for Kevin to stay because Keisha didn't even really try. Yeah, she kind of was like, I don't have a relationship with you. Sorry. And she didn't campaign. She didn't like- yeah. Kevin went house guest to house guest. He worked his ass off. He talked to people. He made deals. He built trust. He socialized. Keisha didn't do any of that. There was a moment on feeds that I saw between Keisha and Janelle And Keisha was talking to her, basically being like, I'm nervous. Let's count. Let's see who I've got. And Janelle was like, well, you shouldn't be in here. You should be out there socializing. Kevin's out there socializing with everyone. He's with the big group. And then Keisha just kind of kept going, talking about how nervous she was. And Janelle literally said to her, well, you're not helping yourself by sitting in here with me. I think either Keisha just didn't care at that point, or she kind of felt like I was already on my season. You guys should want to keep me. Right. And I was Which is like, a horrible mindset. Can't think of that because everybody was on their season. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's been there. Like you can't just, you know. Well, then after Janelle said that to her, she was like, "Okay, great. Like I'll go socialize." She leaves the room, and then a few minutes later, Janelle goes into the bathroom, and who is Keisha sitting there talking to? Cody, the only person's vote she doesn't need. He can't vote, Keisha. Like, go talk to the people that matter. It was That's just what such I was thinking. I was situation. like, I was like, does she think he runs the house? I mean, he has a lot of alliances, but like, she doesn't know at that point. Yeah, it was just so it's strange. like, why are you talking to Cody? He can't choose to keep you. He already nominated you. Talk to him after the vote. Again, I wasn't very sad to see Keisha go just because. She didn't campaign for herself. She's going to get her 40K check or however much it is they got to even be there. She's going to go back to her dogs and her waitressing job and be just fine. Yeah, I think she just kind of was over it. I don't think she really was fighting to be there. 
and she just wasn't entertaining. She didn't really do anything. She would have been a floater for a while, I think. Yeah. So unfortunately for Keisha, her journey on Big Brother All-Stars has come to an end. Bye, Keisha. Her buddy Memphis uh, is making big moves. Yeah. Because he won the HOH. We had the Big Brother Watch Party HOH, and he crushed it. He did. He was like, I knew that vase had flowers on it. Mm -hmm. I was saying it. I was like, wait, why are they all putting false? It's definitely true. And then Memphis was like, nah, girl, I know. Normally when that happens, it's like the majority is right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know the answer. So I was like, oh, Memphis is out. Okay. And then they were like, it's true. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, he crushed that. Five of the people. Also, LOL, that um, the guy they used for the like the actual zoom thing they did is the same guy they always use for stuff like this. He usually goes into the house. Do you remember in BB 20 when he was the granny and he followed Brett around for a day? Oh my God. That was the funniest thing. Cracked me up. So it was the same granny that was on. Who is he? I don't know. This is the same. It's like the same actor (laughs) that they always use. Rise and shine, Brett. I think he's so funny. So that made me laugh. But now we have a Memphis HOH. I honestly don't know what he's going to do because he was kind of sort of talking game with Janelle and Kaser and also with like the Cody side of the house. I have a feeling he might nominate Janelle and Kaser or maybe he'll go for the winners. I don't really know where Memphis's head is at right now. I think it'd be very smart. Just me thinking right now, I haven't really thought deep into it, but I think Mm – that it would be very smart for Memphis not to put up Janelle and Kayser. Yeah. Just because Cody, they had an inkling. They knew that he was going to put them up. Mm -hmm. That's why they used the safety suite. And I think it would be very smart because he'll get them on their side. Cody would be a bigger target to them instead of Memphis. And Memphis can nominate people who are kind of, you know, like, I don't know, like not like a bigger – yeah, almost. That's just my thought on it because, you know, they already want to go after Cody, whether it not be right now or down the line. But even though he's kind of connected with Cody, he's kind of like in his alliance, it won't give it away right away. Yeah, it's kind of like even though people already two sides assume. battle it out. Yeah, like, and I think Cody him and Janelle not put- and Kaser have their beef and just let Memphis kind of ride, ride in the middle somewhere. Yeah, and I think that they would – go after Cody more than Memphis if that ever to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think he could easily worm his way out of it. But who knows what he's going to do? Yeah, I have no idea. I really have no idea where Memphis's head is at. If I were Christmas, I'd be a little worried. Oh, yeah. Whether or not he's going to nominate her, I think it is worth worrying about. It's funny you say that because kind of jumping forward to some of the stuff I've seen on feeds, I turned the feeds on right after the episode last night and apparently there was some drama between Janelle, Devon, and Christmas about the vote. Last night was the first time I had heard Wait, so Keisha. Who, who told her what? But who, yes. Who told her that? Uh, uh, Christmas? Yeah. Who she said her? Devon said it in yeah, the bathroom. we were talking in the bathroom. And she was like, and did um, you say that to her? I told her, I said, if Keisha had the votes, yes, I'd do it. Which then she told you that she, you said she had the votes? No, she's, Christmas came to me last night and said, I hear Keisha's staying. And I was like, what? I was like, that's the first time I've heard anyone say anything. And I was like, who told you that? And she said, Devon. And I was like, okay. Like, she said, I told her that Keisha was staying? That you thought Keisha was staying. Huh. Yeah. 
I was like, okay. So then me and Bailey were talking to Christmas and she's like, trying to figure, Christmas was like, yeah, I mean, you know, she was like, I was gonna vote with Kevin, but you know, I would vote for Keisha to stay or whatever. Hmm. That's real weird. I guess Janelle twisted Christmas's words in some way. And so I guess basically what I gathered from what I watched was that Devon had spoken to Christmas and said something about she thought Keisha might stay. And so Christmas said something to Janelle and Janelle twisted her words about the vote. And apparently now Janelle is targeting Christmas for some reason. So I think Christmas is not in a good place at the moment. Yeah. Not sure if that I, will spill over into Memphis's HOH, but there seemed to be some drama between those three. I think definitely Christmas will go up to Memphis and say something. Mm-hmm. But that drama, I heard there was also drama between, I think it was Janelle, Nicole F, mm-hmm. or just them two, and she was relaying it to Kaser and Nicole A. I yep. don't know what it was about. I just saw it on, on, the, on Twitter. I feel like these two have to have some kind of preseason drama because Nicole F also said that Janelle and Evil Dick started the rumor that she cried to production to get on this season. What? I don't know what's true and what's fake, but according to Nicole, she said that Janelle was like behind some of the, the nasty rumors about her prior to the season. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but there was definitely... Some like very underlying drama that I think will bubble over at some point and give us some really good fights this season. I hope so. I hope it's a highlight on the feeds. Mm -hmm, For sure. A couple other things I wanted to mention from feeds. Um, Speaking of Janelle, I guess we could we could talk about this a little bit. And we mentioned Mike Boogie earlier, but did you hear? And they did a really bad job of cutting feeds when she was talking about this because as most of you guys know, they're not allowed to talk about production on feeds. But she was talking about her past seasons and she said that for All-Stars, Janelle, um, for All-Stars, she said that Mike Boogie pre-gamed and snuck a phone in to his sequester, looked up the bios of the cast and basically chose his team before he got in because that was the the season they had coaches and he was a coach. (laughs) You know, Boogie admitted to me years later, we were at the Kentucky Derby drinking. And he's like, yeah, your team was so shitty to know. Like they were such losers. I'm like, well, they were like nice. And he told me that he had read the bios. How did he done that? He snuck a phone into sequester. Wow. So essentially he cheated in All Stars, which How is does crazy. She know that? He told her, I guess. Oh. I don't did know he, if like, I believe that. about saying anything. Probably did not. He's probably not gonna. He's probably not gonna come oh, forward no. and say anything. And then they cut feeds, of course, so we didn't get any more information. But I I don't know how much I believe Janelle, but at the same time, I think it's something Mike Boogie would do, just like oh, knowing yeah. him as a person. So I thought that was really interesting. Very interesting. I think Janelle is going to have some issues, though. If she keeps talking about drama and this Mm -hmm. and that, I think it's going to come back to bite her, to be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also, like, just goes to show how hard it truly is to keep the walls of the Big Brother house closed. Like, Mm -hmm. as much as they tried and they go through all your stuff and everything, like, he still was able to sneak a phone in. So Yeah, exactly. Pretty crazy. 
Oh my God. This made me laugh. Danny, I love her so much. We haven't talked about her too much this episode just because I feel she's like she's- low. Yeah, she's laying low for sure. But something that made me laugh so hard is that just from watching the feeds, she is so bad at cover-ups when people walk into oh the room. <laughs> at one point, she was having a conversation with Nicole F. about Janelle. And Janelle walked in and she goes, we were just talking about you. And I was like, Danny, what are you doing? And then- she probably wants to make friends. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. And then she was having a conversation with someone else and David walks into the room and she literally panics and goes, we were talking about the weather. Have you ever been to Chicago? I was like, Danny, what are you doing? It was so weird. I think she just kind of is trying to lay low and not look like she's doing drama. I think she's just trying to make friends with people. But it was just like, at that it's point, like, shut just, up. <laughs> just, like the the conversations that she claims they were having were just very clearly cover-ups for game talk. It was yeah. just so weird. Um, so that kind of made me laugh. I was like, somebody <laughs> needs to brush up. We're just on their talking BB. about you. That I think that's the worst one. Uh uh-huh, we were just talking about you. I was like, girl, what are you doing? Christmas Abbott. I am so glad she's being targeted right now because she is the most annoying individual on feeds I have ever encountered. Is all she? she does all day long is talk about her broken foot, how much she loves oh Josh, and her fucking fitness app. If I have to hear about any of those three things again, I am going to stab my ears and my eyes. Lord Almighty. And she somehow pops up everywhere. She's a part of every conversation. <laughs> she just shows up. Where's the camera? <laughs> yeah, she's everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a part of her social game, but other house guests have picked up on it. I forget who it was. Danny and someone else, I think, were having a conversation, basically being like, oh my God, all Christmas does is talk about herself. Like she doesn't know how to have a conversation where she shows interest in the other person. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't have any issues with her like right now, but I can see that she could do that. And I think it's going to start to rub people the wrong way, for sure. Oh, definitely. I think her doing that, Janelle spilling tea about drama, whether it's true or not, and starting stuff, I think that kind of stuff will easily irritate the house guests. Oh, yeah. Um, they had, like, a little like a little fun activity that um, Big Brother gave them. They gave them, like, a stack of questions, and they mm-hmm. all were, like, sitting together in the um, – living room and there were just questions about like who is the most attractive house guest to ever play big brother oh my goodness like or who got the or what was the worst punishment ever like all these different questions and every time a question came up christmas had a freaking novel she was over there talking away talking away cutting people off talking over people and it was like christmas this is not the way to make friends yeah i I totally agree. I think just in normal life, everybody hates that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. especially being in a house, it'll make it even more irritating because you can't go anywhere. You can't leave these people. Exactly. Um, I also gathered from the feeds right after the episode that the have-nots for the week are Nicole F., Kaser, David, and Christmas. So those three got a ship up to have-not room. And Mm -hmm. the ones who were up there prior, Memphis – Kevin, Nicole, and Ian get to move downstairs back with everybody else. Wait, so what decided who became have-nots? I'm not sure. They never mention it in the like regular season episodes anymore, and it really bothers me. It's so like, what's the point? Nicole F., Kaser, David, and Christmas. 
what a group. I think Nicole's going to get irritated with uh-huh. what's her face. Probably. It's going to be such a, a strange dynamic in that room. Because, like, I feel like none of those people really are working together. Christmas and Nicole, I guess it kind of, but for the most part, they're just like oh, yeah. a random group. One more thing I saw on feeds after the episode was Kevin telling Davon that he's playing in the safety suite this week. I'm curious who else will play. Yeah. I think it's smart for him to play because he can just use the um, the excuse, excuse that, like, of, I was yeah. up last week, so even if, even if I feel like I trust you, I still want to go for it just so I can have one week where I feel, feel good and feel protected. I think it's smart I get for that. Him. I can't see anyone else playing. Maybe Nicole A., Maybe Davon, but I think that's probably a shot in the dark for her. I would think maybe Christmas. Oh, yeah. I guess Christmas is a good guess because she doesn't really know where Memphis stands with Janelle. And if Janelle is not exactly Christmas's biggest fan right now, it's probably a good idea for her to play. I think Kaser and Janelle are kind of screwed if they don't win Vito or something. Oh, yeah. I'm curious um, how the competition will be different this week like i'm i want to know what the safety suite's going to be yeah i want to know if it's always going to be something like that or if there's going to be like a trivia not trivia but like the hacker competition how those were or something like that all i know is i don't want to see this music thing again it was kind of boring to watch it was like okay hit the buttons i want something a little more intense you know i want something where we know how they're how well they're doing or how not well, they aren't doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very difficult to tell, like, okay, are they doing it right? Are yeah, they, I feel like, like with any of these time time ones, they're, it's hard to know. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to mention was I watched, so Big Brother now has a Big Brother after show hosted by Keisha Shante on their Facebook page. And it was like a 20-minute clip that I watched and they're bringing back like past house guests. And this episode had Derek and she asked him a bunch of questions about the season. Of course, he spent the majority of the time praising his boy Cody, but she asked him who he thinks could win. And he was like, obviously I'm rooting for Cody, but I think Davon has a good shot to win. And he wow. made a good point that Davon has always had all of the tools to win. Yes. Like she's very observant. Um, she's very social. She knows what's going on around her, but her downfall has been her mouth in the past. Like she talks too much. She gives people too much information, sometimes gets into like some of the drama, but yeah, exactly. But he was saying that now that she's a little bit older, she's had a little bit more experience and seeing her on other shows, he thinks that she now has it a little bit more under control. And if she can keep it that way, that he thinks she could win. And I really I hope that's the case. Too. I would love to see Davon win. I yeah, would. Me too. It would be a real, a really cool, um, what's the word? Like underdog story almost where she yeah, hasn't like really gotten far improved in the past. so much as a person. And I mm-hmm. respect her for that. And I think she's phenomenal. And I think she ha- could have a big chance to win. So right now, all I'm saying is I want my girl Davon to crush it. I'm happy she didn't win HOH this week because I think she really, yeah, she's aligned with a lot of people at the moment. She's got a lot of friends and no need to make enemies. So at this point, I think she's in a good spot. And I think she's probably who I'm rooting for at this point. I, I would say I'm rooting for a few people. I mean, I think it's too early. The people who I haven't seen their seasons, I think it's a little too early to be like, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Davon is definitely in my top three that I'm rooting for, or top five, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to add before we call it a day? I'm just curious to see what kind of twists and things they're going to add in the season. No, they said that there was going to be a lot this season. So I'm curious. I want to know what next. that thing similar to Pandora's box is going to be. I know. And what rooms are going to be opened up. Mm-hmm. Cause they did say that like the majority of the twists I think are going to be like room related. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We shall to. see. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. To join in on the discussion, use the hashtag #OBrotherPodcast on social media, and you can find me at It's Me Breely everywhere. And you can find me at Christina Jascott. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. See you later.